0: I'm oh, chaos, and, and our, our
2: happiness, happiness, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped, and love's a circle with no end. Let's talk about how this last night, and he said happiness
1: is egg-shaped.
2: Happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped, and love's a circle with no end.
0: Hello and welcome to the Happiness is podcast with me your host Bruce Acheson from Happiness is Egg Shaped and today is a first. We have the best player in the world at this present moment. No arguments. The decision has been made, and I am so pleased that she is here to talk to us. Now, Zoe and I are both involved with the magnificent Halbro Sportswear. They do the happinesses stash that is available on their website, and Zoe is a brand ambassador for Halbro The new women's off-the-field range will be launched in Easter 2022. So please get involved. The new playing kit is very, very cool and is fitted for the women's game. So when in doubt, get in touch with Halbro. But let's bring in Zoe, the world's best player, England international, and... I'm pretty confident she's not finished yet. She is at the top of the game and she's going to drag everybody else with her. So please welcome the one and the only Zoe Aldcroft. Hello, Hello. Zoe. How are you?
2: Hello, I'm good. Thank you. How
0: are you? Yeah, I'm very well. So there's lots of things I want to talk about, and you're a very busy lady. So I'm going to get on with it. How does it feel to be the best in the world?
2: I honestly like can't really believe it. Like I just keep that sometimes just like say it over and over to myself, and I'm like, I can't. Like it's just like sinking in slowly, but um, I do think about every now and I'm like, what the hell?
0: (laughs) It's so cool. When I play rugby in Hong Kong the the team that won the grand championship, a guy called Jared Gallagher, who was amazing, brilliant guy, and very funny. And I'll never forget phoning him the Monday after they'd won it, and he answered the phone with "Hello, Jared Gallagher, Grand Champion." So, do you do you answer the phone? "Hello, so we all Allcroft, best in the world."
2: No, absolutely not. I don't think that's a bit of me.
0: You absolutely should. Do you just like are you cruising around the house waiting for the kettle to boil, thinking, "Yeah, I'm the best in the world. This is this is pretty cool."
2: Still, not. I mean, not that much has changed, to be honest. Like, I feel like just people just come up to me a lot more, and my phone's a lot more busier than it was before. Um, but apart from that, still, still doing the laundry, still doing walking the dog.
0: <laughs> so you don't have people walking in front of you dropping rose petals. No. Nope. Oh. <laughs> <Seriously not. laughs> oh, I'm sad. I thought world rugby would have organised that. So, how do you how do you find out? Obviously, there's the nominations. Do you get a phone call to say you're going to be nominated for this?
2: Um, so basically, I actually found out um, a week before um, everyone else found out, and um, our team coach at Gloucester-Hartbury um, put a message on the group and, and was like, um, World Rugby are coming in to do some filming, um, and I thought it was for Mo Hunt, because she's a big celebrity and she's always getting filmed with loads and loads of stuff, so I was like, fair enough, like didn't even think anything of it, because we got told we would find out between the 6th and 10th of December, um, so basically we're had an analysis meeting the coaches did all their bit um and then um maggie alfonsi was sat at the back still not clicking on um and then lindy was like maggie alfonsi wants to come to the front and just like speak to you all and so she came to the front started speaking and she was saying about um oh england have won all four games of their internationals and i was thinking this is a little bit awkward because we've got welsh internationals in the room irish internationals like usa internationals and i was thinking They've like, won a few of their games as well. Um, and then, obviously, she went on to um to like speak about like the world player and stuff, and then it finally like clicked, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then she brought the trophy out, and, yeah, that was how I found out, and everyone went crazy, so, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: it must have been so cool to do it in that environment as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. It was so good to have all my like teammates around me, because, obviously, if I was on my own, I'd just be like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, but the worst part was she because I'm not very really good at um, like doing interviews or like speaking in front of people and she got me up to the front and then she was like wanting to do like a full-on interview and I obviously had just found out and I was just like I couldn't even speak and I was like yeah it's just really cool it's really cool like, I don't know what to say it's really cool <laughs>
0: and is she a bit of a hero of yours
2: yeah she is she's a oh she was a mega player um, and she obviously won it in I think 2006 so yeah it was like amazing to be presented um, the award by her
0: so, after it, who's the first phone call you make?
2: Um, so, I rang my mum and dad first, um, and they were like, well, my mum, my dad doesn't cry, but and my mum was like crying, and she had some friend, friends around, and obviously I said, mum, you can't tell anyone. She was like, oh, can you, can you just tell the girls? And I was like, mum! <laughs> so, I told those guys as well, and then I rang my boyfriend leave, um and they were all just uh, happy. So, yeah.
0: It is very cool. Mums are terrible people that tell secrets to. <laughs> yes, it's, there's they're... just absolutely no way. Whenever mums tell a story but you'll never guess what I've heard. You think, yeah, you're probably not supposed to be sharing that information. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you then, obviously, that period of time has been awesome and televised and, you know, a decent publicity around it. The players, I find, and I've spoken before to the the players we've had on the podcast like rocky and and tamara and Burf and katherine spencer and rona but you guys appear to be much more accessible you know because there's not a hundred thousand followers on twitter so it's a bit more intimate but that's providing some really positive role models uh, who was your role models when you were coming up through the game
2: um, I've, I've always said this, but when I was growing up, um, I didn't really have any, like, female rugby players that would kind of be my role model, just because it wasn't that, um, like, visible for me, like, I didn't I don't really know the sport, um, to be honest with you, but I did really enjoy rugby, and one of my biggest role models was Johnny Wilkinson, um, just because of his, like, dedication towards the sport and that sort of thing, um, so he was that like, massive role model, and then when I got to the age of 16, um, uh, I found out about Heartbreak and the head coach there was nolly waterman um, and she was a massive role model for me like she just was so hard working like dedicated all her time like she actually gave up coaching just so she could look forward to the 27 world cup and which i just thought was amazing so she was also another role model of of mine
0: and the the bit about johnny wilkinson he he's a lot of people's role model it helps that he's ridiculously good looking as well as being so good at what he does and you know he's cool and but that's not the player that you have developed into so was it the was it the persona and that pursuit of excellence that drove you towards Johnny Wilkinson or was it just he was the most prestigious at the time
2: um i would i read one of his books one time and i was just so like, fascinated with like his dedication like i think it just like the amount of hours they like dedicated towards playing rugby. I think that was one of the things that, um, that really, that like, I wanted to aspire to be like, because I think that's one of my traits when I'm on the pitch, like I try to work really hard, like off the pitch, I try to do as much as I can to be as good on the pitch. And I just thought it was, I just, yeah, I just think it's a really good role model. And obviously Nolly was my role model because, um, I was actually fullback when I first went to Heartbreaker. Uh, I played all the way up until I was about 18 as fullback and then obviously changed into a um a second row
0: back row. And how did that conversation go?
2: Um it was a little bit weird. I, to be honest. I had a couple of a couple of coaches come up to me. I was like, You're really tall. Like, have you ever thought about like, being in the second row or playing number eight, which is what, what I did go to and I was like I never really thought of it and then there was like a lot of coaches saying like oh just leave it to it like she's doing well there like just let her keep in that position um, and then eventually I had, I played one game at um, under, England under 20s um, there and then never played 15 again to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> still got it though you still love the open spaces.
2: Yeah I do I do.
0: <laughs> and the, the bit of your story that I love and now whether you like it or know it you are a role model absolutely and not just not just for girls and i think that's becoming even more evident in the way the game is being portrayed um and you know the attendances that are coming along to watch but rugby wasn't the thing you did so many different activities but when i look at the activities there's very few of them included that real one-to-one full-out aggression I'm going to knock somebody over or I'm where where did you find that
2: um to be honest I actually think I've always have that because in netball I did use to, <laughs> I did use the knock over a few people um what
0: position were you at netball
2: uh, I was girl defense
0: all right okay yeah so yeah. still athletic able to charge around but able to use the physical bit as well yeah
2: yeah uh, but I I don't know I think I've always been competitive um and I think it was just I don't know I just had something in me that <laughs> that could do that really but I suppose it's a good, um, a good thing doing it playing rugby not not anywhere else to be honest but <laughs> not that word but <laughs> there's
0: a, there's a lot of female athletes especially it's still more common where they're able to transfer skills from one activity into another look at the Aussie 7 squad who are just outrageous and have taken athletes from various places the the New Zealand sevens do something similar netball in this country has pinched a few from from other sports is there anything in you that would still love to go and pull on the dress and and have a go with the the England netball team
2: Oh, the, I'm not sure the England netball team, but when I retire from rugby, I would—that is the spot that I'll go to. Um, netball, definitely. I, I miss it so much. I would still play if I had the chance, but I just—you're just so busy when um, when you do it. And obviously, like you said, I think doing all those sports when you're younger is actually really crucial to um like learn like learning all the things like netball that's helped me with my footwork rowing that's helped me with my strength and like the like willingness to just keep going because you cannot stop it like that is the ha- one of the hardest spots i've ever um like taken part in so um, and then i did athletics which is also obviously all helps with um, my like physical fitness today and um, so i'd say all of those sports um has really helped
0: yeah, I love it. And I think that's, I'm a, I'm a PE teacher. I was a bit sad when I read what your future plans are because I thought here is a, here's a here is PE teacher, here's a kindred spirit, but you're going to go look after people's feet, which is a strange fetish we'll discuss later, maybe. But those, those transferable skills, you, you played lots of things. You didn't necessarily have the target to become an England rugby player or the best player in the world. So you obviously love sport
2: yeah I love it I think it's amazing I like I think that's from being so young I cannot even imagine like not having sport in my life like I would say to any young person go and find a sport that like even if it's not the first one that you try just keep trying different sports because there is a sport out there for everyone and it's like it just builds so many friendships it keeps you fit and healthy and yeah honestly I can't
0: spot is amazing amen mic drop and we're done i love it (laughs) i i'm just trying to picture your dad if one of if one of my daughters gave me that phone call to say by the way dad i'm the best in the world i think while i sit with my my huge mug of coffee i'd probably be saying yeah that's because i took her from there to there that night and then i got up early there and we went there at that weekend i take it there was a lot of mum and dad taxiing um as you were growing up
2: yeah definitely. My dad took me, I don't even know how many miles he would have driven, but every Sunday, Wednesdays, we used to travel to West Park Leeds, and then on Sundays, it'd either be West Park Leeds or further to Manchester, um, and then, I'd like, eventually, as I got older, obviously, coming down to Hartbury, i would have to, like, travel down there, take all my stuff, um, so, yeah, the amount of travelling that those guys have done and my mum like for always being on the sideline and making my sandwiches on the way and stuff like that so
0: (laughs) yeah I can imagine someone like you who's eating breakfast in the car going from there to there and then you've got the packed lunch in the back for later and probably stopping so yeah I, I get that and and I love that and that busyness helps because you you then become a student athlete so you're having to be an elite athlete and perform almost as a professional, but you're studying, you know, with your, your passion, I think it's, you know, you not necessarily lucky you've worked for it, but you were involved in something you're very passionate about. How did you find that balance? Hartbury is one of those places I've never been, um, but it's one of those places I just imagine is a little bit of a sports person's utopia.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously I went to help when I was 16 to do uh, study alongside it. And it was just amazing because we had the chance to be basically professional rugby players. Like we had the full-time gym program, S and C program, like did rugby pretty much every single day. And then also on top of that, which always, always came first was, um, that was down to our coaches, not down to us, (laughs) but, um, um, we had our, obviously our, um, academics on the side of that um, and it was just amazing because all our teachers and stuff were involved in rugby pretty much basically so they understood the um like the balance that we had to do with it and like they'd give, you a ha- give you a hand with stuff if you're falling a little bit behind or if you'd speak to your coaches and say I can't make this session because I've got this work to do then they'd all be really understanding it just like worked massively um, and then obviously after two years I headed up to Northumbria um which is was a really good place for rugby at the time and they'd just recruited and um, loads of really good rugby players so uh, that was the place that really attracted me and then obviously the um that my academics alongside that um were, were um Sorry, it was also the same sort of thing. So I had like obviously the professional side of it, and then obviously do my academics alongside of of that as well. Um, and that was just before I got into the England setup, so it was um it was quite easy to deal with that. And and then obviously when I did get into the England setup and got the the contract, um, I did actually go part time just because it was a little bit difficult. I was going into my second year, um, so I put that on hold for for a year, and then really concentrated on rugby, and then went back and finally finished
0: it. <laughs> you Finished it, and then you become a a full-time athlete how how do you switch do do you think about all the time or is it nice that you have time to recover and take the dog for a walk and you know go out and see people and you know relax is is that an easy transition or did it take a while to get used to um
2: i would say it was a really easy transition the thing that I probably didn't get right is like oh my god I've got all this free time I can I can go and do this I can go and do this basically and then then I was like getting to train I was like god I'm so tired um so I think it was just about like realizing that that time off is actually for recovering for um like chilling out getting all the things like going to the pool and that sort of thing that's for doing that sort of thing rather than going into town like going shopping or something like something like that. <laughs> um,
0: and your your story, I was trying to figure when when they make the movie because let's face it, they're going to have to make a movie about you. When when does the music stop? You come on for your first cap. Well, you, I mean, you tell the story. It it just seems like almost too good to be true, but a massive tada moment. I'm here.
2: Yeah, it was it was amazing because I was we went on to a, a tour in Sandy. Uh, that's not, not San Diego, Salt Lake City, we went on a tour too. That was my first cab. And I had a phone call uh, from Matt Ferguson. He basically like said to me and Sarah Byrne that we were just coming on the tour for experience, see what it was like. Like probably wouldn't get our first cab. Um, so then to actually get my first cap, I was like, oh my goodness, and I think I came on with about four minutes, four minutes to go. I had like three line outs, like a couple of carries, and then obviously I scored in the last, the last, I think it was even extra time um, to, to win the game, which was just like amazing. I was literally like, <laughs> I didn't even know what was happening, to be honest, I was running around that. Like, <laughs> and people were just sending me places, and I just grabbed the ball and like put it over the line, and I was like, oh!
0: <laughs> Hello, my name is Bruce Atchison from Happiness is Egg Shaped, and I am here to tell you where you can get your Happiness is Egg Shaped merchandise. Go to www.halbro.com and search for Happiness is Egg Shaped in the stores. We've got it all. Umbrellas, snoods, hats towels for when you eventually get to go on holiday to the beach or by the pool we've got hoodies we've got t-shirts we've got all sorts going on there check it out get your happiness is egg-shaped merchandise you can get all colored up for your favorite team or for your country get involved because you know i know everybody knows happiness is egg-shaped so, so you're, you're just the final whistle goes you're like yes international rugby is pretty easy this, like, <laughs> what what more is there to do why are people saying this is a test how so you go into the changing room first cap score the winning try what's the atmosphere like because that's the bit I miss I'm involved in the game in lots of different ways but the bit I miss and I would give anything for is the changing room and I, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people about something similar and that's the bit you know the the pitch the game the bit between the whistles is important obviously but those moments in the changing room you you can't get that back that first cap first try can you remember what it was like can you remember who spoke to you
2: um, i don't I don't really remember it too much, but I do remember it being in like a marquee and obviously it was in the middle of summer. So it was absolutely about 40 degrees. So I remember everyone just trying to like be outside as much as possible because the marquee was absolutely roasting. Uh, but I, I, don't, I remember, I didn't know that we had to, because we obviously went on the bus straight after. And I remember I didn't realize that I had to sing a song and oh my goodness, it was the worst experience of my life. because. I think that if you, if they've heard this song before, they basically boo. And I got food on like my first <laughs> songs and I was like, I have nothing. I have nothing left. <laughs> it was absolutely horrific. God.
0: <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what level you reach in rugby. That seems to be, you're going to stand at the front of the bus and you're going to sing but you're going to have to either be absolutely outstanding or pull something really funny out the bag. The, I mean, the pressure of the line-outs that you experienced would be nothing to picking up that microphone at the front of the bus.
2: Honestly, it terrifies me. Like, even now we do, if you score a try and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to score a try. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> All the eyes are on you and you're like, just have to sing or make up a song on the spot. And I don't even know the words to many songs, so yeah it's difficult
0: <laughs> so your your words of advice to new players coming into the squad there's nothing to do with line outs calls recovery night before make sure you got a song
2: yeah or 10, <laughs> or
0: ten. <laughs> so you go into camps and there's players in there that the more you were involved in the game i would imagine names became a bigger deal you go into england camps was it a nervous experience where you just this is me now I'm ready for this how how did you approach going into that level of competition
2: um I think I remember it being quite um scary but um it was okay because basically before we got because me and Sarah basically did our whole journey together me and Sarah Burton she's um, a machine she she is a machine she's a machine (laughs) So um so we got called into these things called like ABC camps before, which was basically all the forwards um that played for England. So that was quite nice because then we had like a group of forwards that were um were really friendly and we got to know those guys before we came into the actual um England setting. And obviously Nolly was there and she was my coach anyway, so that was quite um nice to have and um, but no it wasn't it was really um, scary.
0: Who's who's your mentor? Who would you make the phone call to to ask for advice or is there anyone that when you see their name come up in the display you think i I need this or you know you know that you're going to leave that call or that coffee or that meeting a better person a bit happier is there is there anyone around you that that that's who you seek that kind of help from
2: I say currently um, Sarah Hunter is like a massive one. Like, I think she's just so supportive and just like would like to help you with anything and has always got your back. So I'd say she was like one of the the people that's like the most supportive and has been since I got pulled into the setup.
0: She's one of those players that I look at and I think she doesn't look like anything would shake her. She (laughs) just seems so cool and focused and organized and and i'm not a massive believer in natural or born leaders but she just seems like whatever it is it's happened she's reached this point in her life where she's going to be prime minister <laughs> she she just strikes me as being so very cool and calm and focused i just i love that do you look at players and think i could take a bit of that and i could be a bit more like them
2: um yeah i do definitely i think um over the last couple of years i've done a lot of like work with a psychologist like to like basically be my sort of leader but also looking at other leadership roles in, in the So obviously, the center who is calm, collected, like she knows when to speak at the right times, like she delivers the right thing, like the way she delivers the messages, everyone is listening, she doesn't speak for the, the right reasons. But then there's obviously like, i Ward. she's like, she's very direct, she's very straight to the point people know what they want from her. So there's that sort of leader as well. And it's just looking at like different things. And I'd say, I'm more like, what we were working out was basically that I am more of like, an authentic leader, like, I lead by example, like, I will only speak if I need to speak, if that, if that makes sense.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah,
2: I definitely lead more by my, by, by my actions, but there's definitely loads of um, leaders in the group that it's definitely good to look at and take little tiny bits from
0: yeah i mean you, you're absolutely leaded by your actions you're a, a, a machine but that you're messing around with people's perceptions of what that position should be the way you get yourself around the field and the athleticism that you show that you you know you're relating to some of your experiences before when in a game do you feel like i've given everyone a lift are, are there moments where you feel like i've just i've just had a big impact there or are you quite cool in here that everything is just i'm doing my job next job don't focus on that too much i i'm interested to the feeling that you have as you play
2: um i think i just like i'm always just thinking like next job next job next job like i never really like to think like after a game like people are talking about it and i'm like I don't really remember like what happened like at all just because i'm just literally constantly like there's three people there there's three people there I need to be there I need to be there I need to hit that I need to tackle this person and then obviously like if you do make a, a big tackle you're like oh yes like that's given me like like an urge to like do that again and like stuff like that so i think that's how i i would say i feel on the pitch it's just like constantly thinking like what's my next job because i think as a second row that's kind of my thing like i hit that ruck i tackle I. Carry, you know. I mean, I'm always like in the game, and um, so it's just like constantly thinking about what I'm gonna do next. And then obviously, by, when it gets to the lineout time, like cool down, like think of the lineup call, like that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, the the lineouts. You you guys love that nonsense. You get so excited. Are, are you a bit of a lineout nerd? Are you looking yeah. at others and pinching that? And what about we try this?
2: I absolutely love lineouts. Like, I love watching them. <laughs> I love. I know, it's so weird, isn't it? Honestly, if, if you asked me this question about two or three years ago, I would have said, like, I think we should scrap lineups from rugby. Honestly, I would have, but I wasn't, now I'm into it. It's honestly so, like, complicated that it's actually really cool. <laughs> cool, what I about? But honestly, um, no, I love watching line I love getting new ideas. I love, like, the deception of it. Yeah, the speed of it like there's so much detail that goes into it and i don't think people understand like how like important and crucial a lineup is um, and i didn't understand until like a couple of years ago so i don't yeah. blame y'all <laughs>
0: do, do you do you watch rugby and sometimes i sit in the stand and there'll be a line out and it'll go wrong and the layman will go Oh, that was the thrower's fault, or that was the. I mean, there are so many moving parts. Yeah. Have you seen the documentary "Chasing the Sun," the South African one about winning the World Cup?
2: No, I haven't.
0: No. So in Japan, because the weather was so bad, the forwards just got together in the in the team room and spoke about the lineouts, and they were there for about three and a half hours, I think, with three crates of beer, just going through the minutiae of detail of lineouts. And I just backs give forwards so much stick. But you get like, do you have a little line out posse and you get together and just get absorbed in those moments?
2: Yeah, we do. Um, so we, obviously, we've got one for England and we just like share all our all our ideas, and then for Gloucester, also, like, we have about like, five different conversations a week. Like, oh, we should do this one this week. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of line I'd say that was one of the biggest chats through the week, like, leading into the game, to be honest. The line outs, honestly, so much, so much that goes into a line out.
0: And lineouts are quite intimate things because you're so close to your opposition and you'll know a lot of the players you're playing against and you'll have played with some of them as well and you'll know that i can see that little trigger that's what's coming and that is there a bit of, is there a bit of chat in the lineout? are you putting people off are you a bit of a wind up
2: um, I wouldn't say I was a uh, wind up, but I would like if I have like I'm thinking where it's gonna go. i be like it's gonna go there, it's gonna go there, that sort of thing. But um, I, w- I would never like put them off their name or anything like that, with their name or anything like that. But um, no, I think it's just about like if, obviously if you do all your analysis, then you'll you'll beat them anyway. If um... <laughs>
0: that's a very media trained dancer, zoe allcroft you've changed world player of the year has changed you what's what's the chat going to be like in a game if you make a mistake is there going to be somebody chirps is there going to be somebody gives you a little bit of stick do you think or is that not how it goes
2: i don't think that's how it goes really obviously i think like rugby is a game where people do make mistakes and i think that it's just about like obviously it's quite cliche when you're like, oh, next job next job but it is about like the next job like you cannot do anything about that mistake that you just made you do think oh god that's going to be on analysis this week but <laughs> you just got to move on in that moment and just wait for it wait for monday morning when you're watching yourself back on the screen like oh god but
0: <laughs> please please tell me that your teammates did something after you please tell me you came in in the changing room and your space was a throne or were, please tell me there was some kind of ceremonial process <laughs> you had to go through
2: they've actually written um lady on the top because we all get our name badges and on mine now it says ladies which is really funny and they have made up a song, um, which is also funny <laughs> some of the some of the lines i can't repeat but um yeah
0: it is funny. See, now I'm now my mind's just going crazy. What are these like? Right. I wonder who, who do we as know Mo on Hunt. the inside? Right, okay. Well, that's that's a challenge. You have laid <laughs> down a challenge. Is any of it teasing Mo Hunt that she didn't get world player of the year? <laughs> no. no, it's not <laughs> Yeah, you're far too polite for that nonsense. So as you as you look back at, at little Zoe. I mean, there's no way you could have predicted this. This wasn't a thing. There's no way you could have predicted this. What what did little Zoe want to be? Where did you want to go? And what did you want to become?
2: Um, so I've always wanted to, um don't know why, be a podiatrist or a shrapanist. Um So yeah, I'm just letting you complete my whole life. <laughs> Can
0: you take a look at mine? Because mine are horrendous.
2: <laughs> I will if you want. <laughs> Um, so that is what I wanted to be. Obviously, I did want to play for England. It was really funny. I was actually reading um, uh, one of my like old notebooks, and it was like had like, a list of goals on it. And because um, so I used to write down my goals, whatever. And it was like um, play for England by like 2020. It was like go to the World Cup in 2025. And I was thinking, oh my god! Like, I went to the World Cup in 2017. That's like. What is it? Eight years, like eight years too too late on my goals. So it was just like stuff like that. But um, so I did have like not until I was about sixteen, I had the ambition to obviously play to England to go to, to World Cups and stuff. But when I was real younger, I I yeah, I just wanted to be a sharpener. To be honest, I was a bit I was a bit aware of the fairies when I was younger. <laughs> so I was just happy like going along like day to day. And to be honest, I am still away with the fairies most of the time. But um, I do have more. More driving stuff these days.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think it's it's great, but it, it's so different because if I was to ask a male world player of the year, it it would probably it would be something completely different. It, now that you're involved in the game, you're at the very highest level. There's still hopefully things to come, like a lions or lionesses or whatever that thing morphs into, and hopefully that will. Because I think we all want it. Um, are you now line outs, rugby, would you like to become a coach? Is that something that you think's a pathway for you? Or are you a rugby player and then you want to move on and, and go and look after smelly feet?
2: Um, I so I do coaching at the moment. I do the air s well, not his old job basically. I coach the air skills um at Hartbury, um, every now and then. I do really enjoy it, but I just I just don't think once I'm done with rugby, I think, I do think that's it. Like, I think I've put, I absolutely love rugby, don't get me wrong. Like, I, like, I will watch, still watch it. Like, I want my kids to play it. Like, I love it. But just, I think I will, it'll be time to step back. Not not for, like, 10 years now at the moment, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think once rugby's done, um, I, I don't think I'll coach. Um, I think I'll just stick to stick to the feet. But whilst I am playing, I will be involved in like <laughs> in coaching and stuff like that. I'm happy to help out. Or like even if someone wants me to pop down and be like, we get some tips, then I'll be happy to do that. But um, no, I don't think it'll be one of my men.
0: For the last six years, fill your boots has been making rugby happen at the grassroots level. Please get involved and go to www FYBRugby.com to register your club or to register as a player and join the online community to make sure that games continue to happen in the future. Join in clubs with players and players with clubs to make sure that we can keep the club game as strong as possible. Fill your boots, bring in rugby together. Rugby's given you the chance to travel. Um, to, I mean, it's crazy to think you got your first cap playing for England in Salt Lake City. It's not, it's not exactly a hotbed, is it? But for you, it's probably always going to hold that special place in your heart. And when the movie's made about you, well, you know, we'll finish at the end where you're in your walking stick in Salt Lake City, looking back at the moment that it all began and all that kind of stuff. Where, where have you been that? you've pinched yourself thinking, I can't believe I'm here on somebody else's ticket?
2: Oh, I think, I'd probably say the 2017 World Cup. Like, I just, because I, they went to New Zealand in the summer, like a few weeks before the World Cup and I didn't get selected to to go there. And then, um, so I was absolutely gutted about that. And then when they got back from, um, New Zealand, Matt Ferguson came up to Scarborough, my um, where I first started playing rugby because that's where I was for the summer, working in my mum's cafe. Um, so he came up there and did like, a little training session with me. I was like, this is so weird. Um, like, why is he doing this? Like, He doesn't need to. Um, and then like I think about the next week or the next couple of weeks he was like oh we're gonna bring you to the World Cup and I was like oh my goodness and yeah that was just like unbelievable and then it was just absolute carnage from them because I broke my foot um like I went to a specialist and he was like you can't play rugby, otherwise you'll never play again. I was like, I'm going to the World Cup. And he was like, you have to sign this form. I was like, okay, signed it. Um, and went to the World Cup, played the first two games, um, which was amazing. And then um, just had to sit on the sidelines from then. But I didn't even think I would play, even if I didn't have my bad foot. So yeah, it was just amazing to be um, part of that. And I, yeah, it was something that I couldn't really believe that I was actually involved in.
0: Amazing stories. There's so much just in that little snapshot. How, so how do you deal with not getting selected
2: um i was absolutely gutted because i felt like um i would tried so hard like i was so young i was like i've been like watching the sessions i haven't made a mistake (laughs) and it just wasn't about that it was about like the experience i'd had like i just wasn't experienced yet and i just didn't understand like why I, i couldn't be involved then um so I I was really gutted with it, but obviously I worked, like when they all went to New Zealand I had a little bit of downtime, like chilled a little bit out, and then um like got back to it because obviously I knew they were coming back and I had to, still had to train and make them all ready for the World Cup, so I still had to play my part in that. So um yeah I, I did have a little time out and um, like cooled off a little bit and then and then got back to it. But yeah I was absolutely gutted, gutted because obviously I was like that's my World Cup, I'm not going to the World Cup, so. Yeah. And
0: that that's a that's a roller coaster of an elite athlete. How how have you prepared for that? Who's helped you prepare for that?
2: Um, obviously my mum and dad they've been like massive, and my brother he is he's actually so good. He's literally if I have like troubles or like if something goes wrong, I'll like text him and I'll be so rational about it because to be honest, he can actually be so brutal sometimes when I've played my games and he's like, oh that wasn't well that wasn't very good. Like even when I won my world player award, he was like wow I'm so proud of you but it's just amazing because there's so much more that you can improve on yeah cool (laughs) Um, so it just it keeps me grounded but um he's a really good person to to speak to when obviously I'm having like my down days or I've been hit by an injury because like he just he just knows what to say and he he does watch a lot of rugby and he's like knows his stuff and that sort of thing so um yeah I'd say my brother was one of the the best people to um to talk to if I'm if i am not being selected or that sort of thing
0: I, I love it uh it, there's there's nothing harsher than family feedback is there <laughs> <There's not. laughs> they, they tell you how it is they absolutely <laughs> tell you how it is um you mentioned before about making notes is that something you still do
2: um yeah i do i like the start of the season i'll have like, my goals for the season or like like midway through the season i'll like think oh why is this not going right and then i'll like look back and i'll make my notes again Um, and then i'll just like look back at it and then i am like ah oh, that was either worked or didn't work that sort of thing so i have a big note person i like to i like to have my things like clear in my head so that i know i know what i'm doing
0: well zoe we're i love love talking to you love your energy but i know you're a very busy lady but i'm i'm interested to know where the future is and what it says in those notebooks for the next little while where you know world player of the year surely it's time to hang up and you've completed it, mate. Let's go and win the win the Commonwealth games at Netball. Is that is that not how it should be next?
2: No, my next goal is win the World Cup next year, which is a, that that is a dream and a half. Oh my goodness. So that is that is the big one at the moment. I actually have like a little um like a basically a photo of like the world cup and i just like look at it and i'm like oh my goodness need to get there so um that is the next goal
0: and does that help you with the little things like feeling a bit down one morning look at that picture I need to do that or I need to not do that. Is saying no part of the preparations?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think that was quite hard for me because I'd say I'm quite a sociable person. So I just, I love going out with my friends, like that sort of thing. So every once in a while is fine, but um, obviously like saying no is, is a big thing as well. Um, and obviously like to, to like weddings and stuff, I've had to say no to a couple of those things. Uh, um, so yes, saying no is a big one as well.
0: <laughs> so you, you've been quite open to say I want to win the World Cup which is I don't know I don't know how is it brave Is is it you know but it's great I think that you have the confidence to state that with the your friends who are in a similar situation who want to go to the World Cup and to win is that something that you share and talk about and how are we going to do it at the moment or is that on the back burner while you deal with the next job in front of you
2: um, obviously we do we do like take each step by step um like so obviously the autumns we like tick that box we had our goals for it we we delivered we yeah we know where we are now
0: <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> um,
2: and then obviously going into the six nations we'll have we'll have different goals it'll be more like getting the team sort of like in place if that makes sense um so it's definitely looking at each competition and taking it step by step but obviously as a group we all know we want to win the world cup next year i think i like our coaching staff know like everything we do now is for the world cup if that makes sense so we're all on the same page definitely
0: it's so amazing and the depth of the squad is scary yeah, I mean the competition for places must be driving things up, and the the domestic competition now, like you said, you've got internationals from other countries in your in your changing room. What 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 are those players saying? What are the the foreigners? What are they talking about? Are they saying you guys nailed it in the autumn? You're a shoe in, or we're coming for you? Is there is there that kind of chat? Um,
2: I think the biggest chat is that they really like pushing their unions to be um like the the RFU like that is their biggest thing like they need their unions to be able to push them give them those professional contracts so that they can like work on all those things that that we're able to work on like the being a professional athlete has just been pivotal for England and for other unions to be able to do that I think it's crucial to like yeah it's crucial
0: yeah it's so good and the, the it's such a good product and the ball in play time is just it's off the chart and it and it's so enjoyable is that are players aware of that or are they just playing the game it's just it's it's just how things go
2: i think it's just how things go like obviously we do talk about like how we play we play and that sort of stuff but like i think like you can all you can make game plans and stuff like that but it is what you feel on the pitch, like what you feel is right. So, like if you feel to run it, then you're gonna run it, and yeah. So I think it's definitely um, just down to us girls on the pitch that it's that the ball and play times like that.
0: I've got some quick fire questions here for you because I've just listed to you. There's things coming into my head. What's the what's the strangest reaction you've had when you, someone's asked what job you do and you tell them you're a pro rugby player? <laughs> oh gosh.
2: <laughs> Oh, it's quick fire, Zoe, come on. Um, oh, oh, probably something like, do you, so you get paid for that. And yeah. like, oh, obviously, it's professional. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, I'm glad that you took so long, because maybe it's becoming less of a thing than it yeah. was. But, um, you know, I, I still get funny looks telling them what I do, and I'm not a pro rugby player. <laughs> who, who in the changing room do you look at and think, who's helped you? tie your laces in the morning who's the one that is just an absolute shambles sarah hunter is it really
2: yeah that's really. <laughs> yeah, just boring. oh wait sorry wait sorry Did I get so
0: who, who's who's hopeless who who, hey, who do you think there, no, who, i was gonna say who's who's totally disorganized you they've got they've got odd socks on but it's not a cool thing it's because they're a shambles i mean rocky clark turns up where boots in a in a plastic bag which i think has now been remedied because <laughs> so many people have heard the story and she's been said thousands of boot bags but who do you look at and think i'm surprised you've made it this far
2: oh, that's a really difficult one because i think everyone is like it's probably me to be honest. <laughs> yeah, probably me. <laughs>
0: you're far too hard on yourself and far too kind to the others. Who do you look at and think you're destined for greatness?
2: Sun Sarah Hunter.
0: Yeah. I'm telling you, Prime Minister. <laughs> it's a, between her and Rachel Burford, they are they are gonna rule the world. I've got absolutely no doubt about that. Um so World Cup, that's that's the next thing to tick off. Yeah. That's and it. then and then completed it mate was that
2: um i would like to go on a lion a stuff i think if we, if that could eventually happen like that would be that would be the next the next big thing um and that'd be amazing for women's sport as well that'd be that'd be incredible that would um okay so, yeah.
0: lions lions squad then pick yeah. me your pick me your scottish player that has to be a shoe-in for the lion squad
2: Uh run a load.
0: Yeah, and that was totally unscripted, ladies and gentlemen. Totally unscripted, (laughs) Rona. Who's your Irish player?
2: Um, Irish player, Kina Maloney.
0: Yes, and Welsh player, Bethan Lewis. That that was very quick. I'm very pleased that you (laughs) nailed that, Rona. I'm so pleased you said, Rona. That well, (laughs) well played. You knew your interviewers. You've done your research. Magnificent. Well played. Zoe I've absolutely loved talking to you Um, I know that you've got somewhere else to be and it is with Halbro and I better not upset them when they've been so kind to me Uh, but we finish these things off with uh, my only bit of script which is for you Zoe happiness is?
2: Being with my friends and family
0: Too good, too good, (laughs) too good. Zoe I've absolutely loved speaking to you, you are a bundle of positive energy, no one was surprised when you got that award if they've seen any amount of rugby over the autumn tests it was just a shoe and you were magnificent i'm really looking forward to visiting edinburgh um i've got to i won't be supporting your team but i'll support you i promise Thank you. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping rona gets a hat trick and and upsets everybody but that's a whole other story uh all the very best for the future and i look forward to speaking to you at some point soon but uh i think the stars are absolutely there for you to go and claim so all the very best zoe thank you
2: thank you very much
0: bye-bye bye speak to you soon love that what a lady Uh, and the future is very, very bright. It's scary to think of all that she's achieved and as her big brother or her brother says there's still so much more to come. Uh, Thank you very much to Halbro for all their support of me and of Zoe. Uh, Get involved. It is great stuff. I love it and I would love to say it makes me look good but it probably doesn't. My name is Bruce Aitchison from the Happinesses podcast. You can catch us on Acast, Spotify, and Apple. You can also watch on Facebook and YouTube. There is lots, lots more to come with lots more guests. You can also go and catch up on the back catalogue with all our previous episodes. It's a whole lot of fun. We've got more people to talk to. I'm still delighted that people say yes. And I hope you enjoy. I hope you tell your friends. And I hope you'll be back for more. In the meantime, stay safe. All the very best. And I look forward to speaking can soon. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And, and our, our happiness,
2: ha- happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves us a circle with no end. I was talking about this last
1: night and he said happiness is
2: egg-shaped. Hey, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves us a circle with no end. <laughs>